Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. Bucks and Brian are on the mics for a send-off episode as many key players travel to Qatar and our eyes focus from the Fantasy Premier League and the Premier League that we love so much to the World Cup, which is going to happen at a strange time in a strange land in the Middle East. It's going to be a wacky and wild tournament, continuing a theme of football this year and many before. How you doing, Brian? All good, Bucks. I know both of us, unfortunately, had some small red arrows to end the kind of first half of FPL, but we're excited for the World Cup and to have a little break from FPL before Boxing Day comes at us many, many weeks from now. So pretty optimistic about where we're sitting at in the season and lots of FPL points left to be had. Yeah, that's a great shout, Brian. We both ended the first part of the season in not such a great way, but we have 40 days now or just about 40 days to recharge and reset and focus on some great football being played by international teams so we can get our FPL teams in order. There are unlimited transfers from now until the day after Christmas. So open those presents and then make sure you have your bus team set and ready because FPL will be back with a vengeance come Boxing Day, as Brian shouted out, which is December 26th. That is the next upcoming transfer deadline. It's going to be quite the international sensation. The World Cup is here. We're going to be playing a little World Cup fantasy between a few of our mates. So looking forward to that and getting to know these players from far off lands. Well, speaking of international tournaments, we have a Chinternational celebrity here. And let's get right into the scoring with you, Brian Chin, the man, the myth, the legend. You topped the two of us managers with a whopping score of 44 points. One Love it. point above you, Bucks. Not very good, a small red arrow. But overall, we had a couple of our heroes last week, such as Zaha and Salah for me. They went to zeros this week. So thankfully, I had a couple key contributions from my defense. Trippier comes in with seven, like he always does. And my transfer of Lewis Dunk to Ben White nets a lot of points, and Ben White ends up on eight. So that was my one free transfer going into this weekend. It shored up my defense in a big way. Zaha, the big bagel. Oh, he earns the pen, and he just misses it wide left. That was that was a moment where I was, uh, I was watching it with a mate, and I, I had a bad feeling. I'm like, he looks a little nervous, actually. I think he could miss this, and he misses it wide left. Not even close. Um, Foden comes in with nine, and Miggy with six, and Martinelli with six. A couple FPL assists for both of those lads. So uh, captaincy was on Holland, a deuce, whatever. Everybody captained him this week. So 44 points all out. Nothing to cry about, but uh, excited to refresh the squad after the international break for the World Cup. Bucks, how did you do this game week? Uh, I wish I had 44 points. I landed on 43 all out, pretty disappointing, and I really wasted my final free transfer of the first part of the season. I went Gomez from Liverpool to Perisic and then didn't even start the guy. So uh, total boner <laughs> move on my part. 43 points come from Holland blank captain. I had, Darwin was, it, was it a, was it a boner move or a boneheaded move? 
Oh, it was both. It was both. <laughs> I made the move at 11.45 p.m. And uh, I was telling you, Brian, on private chat that those are the worst moves that I make because I'm tired, I'm run down. And the reality is you got to make the moves when you're clear headed and feeling good about where your head's at and also what's going on in FPL. Rash transfers rarely turn out right for points and for haul potential. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I just you, rushed you it. Had- you had earmarked Perisic as a potential target earlier in the week. Um, so I think you did give it a lot of thought, but your squad, your starting 11 looked great. So uh, with no leaks for the city team and no moves to make with, with uh, Holland starting, you didn't really have anything to do. So it, it was a weird move to maybe not go for like a goalkeeper swap. But even then, I think that's one one of those moves that has really been problematic for us the last six weeks not having any of these Danny Ward points and if you had Danny Ward or you had Kane a lot of teams were on 55 to 60 points and if you had both of those in your starting lineup you're looking pretty so I think that was our big miss this week when you looked at the rest of the field yeah for sure a swing and a miss for both of us as well as for Wilf Zaha Um, points in my team came mostly from Darwin Nunez he had uh, 13 total Uh, You mentioned Danny Ward sitting on my bench uh, with 11 points. That is brutal. But I did have a return from Ramsdale. He gets six. I got seven from Trippier. I got six as well from Martinelli and from, like I said, Ramsdale, ever present. So uh, a lot of blanks in my team. And it looked good on paper. But the fact that Trossard blanks, the fact that Wilson gets a cameo, and not to mention Zaha, you know, does me dirty again, Cancelo. a lot of managers sold him and that turned out to be the right move because he gets a one pointer. So just too many blanks and not enough bold picks in my side. Leave me on 43 points. And I, and I deserve the 69,000 spot red arrow that I got. So now I'm outside the top 500 K I'm sitting about 570 K all out. So frustrating game week, but I tied the average. The average was 43. So I like to think I'm a slightly above average FPL player. So that's not the result (laughs) you want to get by any means. Well, you were looking much better a few weeks ago before you used your first wild card. And that has been a bit of a shit show to say the least. But hopefully game week 17 comes. We'll refresh our squads. And I think we'll have a lot of opportunity for some variation in squads with the teams who are going to be in the semifinals you know they're going to play late but we're going to have a lot of players who are ever present in FPL coming back to squads and we're not sure what their minutes are going to be like and how their managers put them out on the pitch after a grueling world cup so we could see a lot of different teams come to fruition for game week 17 which is super exciting let's not get ahead of ourselves though manager of the game week in game week 16 that goes to Suisan. Ryan Easterby, congratulations. You used your bench boost chip and you went balls deep for a score of 75 points. Very impressive. I should say, Ryan, you really had 79 points, but you took a minus four hit. So we love that. Being bold, betting on your team, 75 points all out. Congratulations. He had returns from Darwin Nunez, 13, Danny Ward, 11, Foden and Rabo each add nine. Trippier, seven, Ramsdale, Madison, and Martinelli each add six. Not to be left out of the pack, Solanke adds a fiver. So bravo to Ryan. Way to end the first part of the season on a super high note. 
well-deserved green arrow of over 750,000 spots. Way to go, Ryan. Absolute fire. Yeah, using those chips a bit early. It pays off in this instance, especially when you have Danny Ward coming in for 11 points. So well done. Let's transition to the top four in the FPL Blues Super League. We have Spain without the S still at the top, 975 points. We have Holland Day Sauce, 971 points in second place. Then in third place, we have Invincible United, 958 and then a tie between We Caliente FC and Gabby Gunners with 947. And uh, wow, we got a tight race for the top four, just like we do in the Premier League since Arsenal has squeaked away some more points from City. So well done to all those FPL managers backing assets from those teams. And we look forward to chasing you down in the second half of the season. And we should mention that even if you're not being featured regularly in the top performer section for our mini league, the mini league cup will be starting in game week 20. So there's still a lot to play for. And Brian and I are also teasing the idea of doing a second half mini league uh, to keep managers engaged. That way we can have more people to shout out and more love to spread on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. And the knockout cup style tournament is based on how many players are in our original Super League that we have set up. And then it'll be a knockout style head to head each game week. So it gives you a little extra uh, incentive to make sure you nail your transfers and keep on continuing in the cup. So with that, we're going to take our first break and we'll be back to discuss some of the top performers, which were mainly from a lot of low ownership players. We'll be right back. We're back. Let's get into the top performers from game week 16. Starting with Martin Odegaard, 16 pointer, two goals and three bonus points. Notably, this is Odegaard's second king of the game week of the season, both times on 16 points. So he's scoring a lot more than I think many expected. He's kind of the forgotten man at Arsenal attack with many FPL managers on Saka, Martinelli, or Gabby Jesus, and Odegaard is kind of seriously flying under the radar so far this season. He's starting really, really nicely, and he's playing a ton of minutes. Yeah, this provides a very interesting opportunity for managers in the second half of the season because right now Odegaard is 6.4, which is the same price that you would get if you sold Martinelli having owned him from game week one. And right now, Odegaard actually has one more point than Martinelli. He has four double-digit hauls, including two 16-point braces, which have been huge. And he has one more goal than Martinelli on the season. So there is an opportunity to fade Martinelli in the second half of the season and maybe go with somebody like Odegaard and against his ownership. So definitely a play that we could see be more popular when we come back. Ryan, you said that, and I had been tinkering that. So uh, we are definitely aligned on that one. I think especially since Martinelli plays for Brazil and we expect Brazil to run deep into the World Cup, that this could be a bet on fitness as well as form. So I really like the Odegaard shout, but there's a lot of cheaper and lower ownership players that we've yet to touch on, including the next name on our top performers list. He's one you might remember from last game week. 
Yeah, Tavernier at Bournemouth somehow puts another double-digit performance together. 14 points. He gets a goal, an assist, clean sheet, and three bonus as Bournemouth just really crush Everton. Very surprising lopsided victory for them. And Tavernier has 30 points in his last two game weeks. Did not see that coming at all. He's the punt everyone should have been on. And uh, we were sleeping at the wheel here because Tavernier was running over the Toffees in a real way. Brutal, brutal showing from Everton. And uh, yeah, Bournemouth just held them to the sword or the cherry press or whatever you use to crush those cherries. Uh, cherry press. I mean, they put the full court press on Everton and now Everton is, uh, you know, they're going to be desperate for points in the second half of the season. We'll see how that shakes out when the relegation battle heats up even more. Next up, we have Ivan Tony. Wow. After not getting called up for the World Cup and rightfully so, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday, November 16th, and he comes out with a brace Knocks off Man City at the Etihad at the death in the 97th or 8th minute for the win on the counter. Felt really good for Tony, but he's been a naughty boy, hasn't he, Bucks? And I don't think he'll be scoring many FPL points coming up here. Yeah, he bet on himself in this Man City match, but uh, unfortunately he's been betting a lot on his club and on the Premier League because it turns out he has 200 30 plus violations of the FA code uh, involving betting and sharing early injury and lineup news. Naughty, naughty, Mr. Tony. That is not good. And we have some precedent on this because Kieran Trippier actually had a similar violation a number of years back and he was forced to miss out. He was suspended a number of games. I'm expecting that because of the sizable number of times that this violation has occurred by Ivan Tony and the fact that Brentford did not immediately come out with a defense or really any comment that they're going to be missing their star man probably for the rest of the season, uh, if not maybe even longer. I would definitely say floor is 10 games, but I could easily see this being a rest of the season ban for Tony. Yeah, honestly, we have no idea. It's such a unique circumstance. The types of bans and infringements are all in variation as well so i think these occurred from the time that he was in the championship from 2017 until 2020 before they got into the premier league so there will be a few there will be a few things that there his lawyers will point out to to help reduce the possible um you know restriction of games but yeah we will see i mean i feel really shocked by this i think he's been a player who's been on the rise and has really come into his own he's already got 10 goals this season and yeah like you said it looks like he might be stuck on that for the rest of the season and brentford oof, without tony they're gonna definitely be in a spot where they might go down this year because he's missing and because what he's um, done to the team yeah what an absolute clusterfuck excuse my language let's get to a number of other players who also had 13 points but were not the unlucky type, like it seems like Tony might be Rodrigo, Dings, and Erickson all also go off for 13 points apiece. Very impressive from each of this trio, but I think there's such low ownership at this point that it's not even worth talking about them. But I do think that Rodrigo, the Leeds fixtures are really tough coming back from the break. But after game week 19, I think Rodrigo is going to be one of the most popular 
differential picks because he's in form, he's scoring, and I think he's just really trusted in the Marsh system. So I think Rodrigo would be a pick that I would be looking at having very high on your watch list coming back from break. Yeah, I got to give you props, Bucks. You've shed Rodrigo out a few times over the last couple pods, and he's ended up scoring in four consecutive matches after coming back and getting a little bit of form after his early shoulder separation. So he looks like he could be the asset. I think he's 6.2 million, just about there. So definitely can fit him into your side. Maybe he is a move that Martinelli owners look to transfer him in in a couple game weeks after, like you said, in game week 19. Danny Ings is a player that we'll definitely have our eyes on. I think anybody who went for him versus Brighton this week was quite lucky, but like uh, we looked at our squads, Mitrovic was injured, Calum Wilson was flagged. They both get zero or one point. So anybody who had the balls to bring in dings and get a 13-pointer this week, that would have been having you flying. So well done if anybody made that move. I have to say, he was like so far off my radar. He might as well have been on on the moon because I was even <laughs> thinking Welbeck was a better shout than Dings. And Dings just came in. And I think this coaching change has been a real breath of fresh air for him. He has extreme quality when he is healthy. He's had injury issues and now he's getting up in age. But Unai Emery seems to have unlocked the youth and that kind of sparkle within Danny Inks. And he's really shown out. Uh, since the new coach has arrived. Let's keep it moving to another top striker. And that is Harry Kane. He comes in with 11 points, one goal, one assist, and two bonus points in a 4-3 victory versus Leeds. Man, they made it hard on themselves, and Leeds looked very attacking in this one. But Kane, obviously always world-class, and he's been one of the most consistent players this season. Not necessarily coming in big for captaincy, but this is, I believe, his first double-digit game of the season so came at the right time and anybody who has just gone with the holland kane up top for the whole season would be sitting pretty yeah that's a move i wish i made on wild card last one in the top performers category is danny ward talk about a turnaround this guy has come from being kind of the ugly duckling the forgotten uh wallflower and now he is starring. He is looking like one of the best goalkeepers in the league all of a sudden. And Leicester have gone from regular flopper to being regular starlet. So very impressive. He gets a clean sheet, six saves for two oh, points and three God. bonus. And he's sitting on like 40% of FPL manager's bench. So brutal, 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 brutal. I wish I had him. This really just eats at my insides, Bucks. This motherfucker. I tell you, I start the season with him and Iverson as my starting goalkeepers, and I have them for the first eight weeks. Do you know how many points? Let's just revisit this one more time. First eight weeks that I had him, guess how many points total he had? I know the answer. He had eight points in seven game weeks. That's right. And then in just a game week 16, he's got 11. In the last five game weeks, 43 points. He's averaging over 7.2 points per match as Leicester have really found their form. And they're a team that we thought were going to fire Braj 
earlier. We were calling for it too. They look so lackluster. He was refusing to make changes, especially in the ward slot. And his persistence has paid off. And I think he's gained a lot of confidence. So when a when a player is making six plus saves as well, um, you know, he's he's definitely in the right spots and he's commanding the box a lot more for Leicester. So He's an option coming out of the World Cup to just go cheap in defense in your goalkeeper slot and just hope that they keep even more clean. Yeah, they have really turned it around. Very impressive. And unfortunately, James Justin, we've now learned, is out for the season. So this could hamper their defense. Uh, Another season-ending injury for the young lad. So we hate to see that. But Danny Ward is doing the business right now, and he should be on everyone's bench if not as an every game week starter from now until the end of the season all right let's move it on to the top flops of game week 16 we have some first-hand complaints with one Wilfred Zaha Bucks I'll let you take it here well you know he just totally aired it on the side of missing the goal entirely it would be one thing to have it saved and on target that way he could tease you into uh, making the penalty kick count but That's not Zaha's game. He's all about getting the very brash yellow cards and just sticking the knife in and twisting it right in front of your face. And that's what he did here to Brian and I. Zero points. Hate to see that. And yeah, I just think this Crystal Palace team are the most bipolar team in the league right now. Some game weeks you can be uh, tricked into thinking that they are legit, that they have good tactics, they have good up-and-coming young stars. And other game weeks... They just fail to even make an appearance. They, it's almost like they don't show up to the grounds and they send like their doppelgangers instead. And that's what happened in this match. Palace just got bossed and it was it was hard to see how Forrest were going to beat them because of how well Zaha looked to be playing. But as soon as he missed that penalty, really as soon as he earned the penalty kick, all the air went out of that Crystal Palace team. So really disappointing from Zaha and more importantly from Palace in general. Yeah, unfortunately, this is Zaha's second missed pen of the season. So I think that also puts him on jeopardy of being taken off of them in the second half of the season. We'll see. I mean, he's still their talisman, so I think he would I remain on them. But at the same time, this was just such a kick in the nuts, Bucks. That's easily an eight-point swing. And if we get those Zaha points, we're definitely looking at gray dots or even small green arrows instead so that bagel that hurt i will say that i think that if palace scored there they would have won the game because i think that would have just invigorated the entire team and i don't see Forrest then coming back and nicking a goal to get the game winner uh the fact that Forrest had that confidence that they were still level when they gave away a penalty at home the crowd was raucous and that just pushed them to get the game winner so that is really frustrating and uh, really hurts Vieira and the Palace side in the standings. But uh, as you mentioned, it really hurts both of us as well in the FPL standings to boot. Speaking of the hurt, Holland and KDB, both blank versus Brentford at home. And Holland gets a yellow card in this one, ends up on one single point. So definitely tough for captainers this game week. And just a unforeseen results for Brentford to get this get these three points and more importantly for Arsenal to just have some more cushion for the next five six weeks being number one at the top of the table 
Yeah, Arsenal five points clear, steady as she goes for the Gunners. They keep getting results, and City, another slip-up. Definitely did not expect this. I was predicting it was going to be three or four zero. So the fact that Brentford came out and bossed City at home, uh, unexpected. And our friend Eamon, who's a big fan of the podcast, he did all of our music for the second season straight. He was there with his lovely lady and they got to see a thriller in the empty hod because uh by the end of that second goal <laughs> the there were streams hod. there were streams of city fans running for the door they did not want to be stuck in a stadium with Brentford celebrating on their pitch so uh bravo to Brentford a gutsy performance yeah shout out to Eamon aka Holy Pinto for our music and then his girlfriend who is one of my best friends from growing up and has got in, gotten into FPL she brought in Tony for that match just to watch IRL and then also had Foden. So even though it was a disaster and a shit show for everybody else, she was flying with uh, with like 25 points from that start. So that must have been quite the high of the weekend and going into the international break here. Ain't that the truth? Last thing, we should just touch on it. Our Chelsea Blues, holy cow, they suck. What a brutal watch that was. Uh, painful, painful match against Newcastle. They went 47 minutes without a shot, let alone a shot on goal. So uh, this team is just not in in sync by any means. And Potter doesn't have a stable lineup that he's rolling out and honestly seems to be slightly out of his depth right now. And it's very concerning. There's uh, not a lot of good news for Chelsea at the moment. And they continue to drop like a rock in the premier league table. I was part of a FPL meets FPL USA meetup with a few folks this game week for the Chelsea match specifically versus Newcastle. When the lineup came up, I did not like what I saw a lot of uh, RLC at right wing back, which we know he can't play Brogia and Gallagher start up top in a three. That's not going to get you many goals. And Chelsea end up with the lowest XG as a team of any of the 20 teams this weekend in the Premier League. Truly pathetic. We are in all sorts right now. I know you had a few choice words for Potter and what, you know, wanted to take back some of the kind things that you've said about him. So hopefully we'll be able to stabilize this team and make a run for that fourth slot in the Premier League. But it's not looking good right now, Bucks. So. Yeah, we'll save we'll we'll save my naughty language for a future episode. But uh, safe to say that I would have preferred that we kept our previous manager um, because at least he was a tactical genius. The lads in the dressing room might not have been his biggest fan, but he never lost on the tactical front. He was always uh, level or slightly above the other team. In my opinion, he beat Pep multiple times. He ended 0-0 in numerous trophy comps and otherwise against Klopp and Liverpool. So I just, I'm a Tuchel truther. And right now I'm thinking that Potter is slightly pathetic. With that, let's keep it moving. Oof. Let's, Oof. let's go. Well, Bucks, I mean, we got to have some continuity in the side. I think these five to seven tweaks that we're making in all these different lineups each game game week in and game week out are not helping the side. I think we want, we should have a more stabilized team in the premier league, but hopefully that'll lead us to some more results in the second half of the season. 
last point, I promise listeners, but there are a lot of injuries in the Chelsea squad. However, there's a lot of injuries in every Premier League team at this moment because we're 16 game weeks into the season and Chelsea have a super deep and large squad. So we carry the full amount of players every game week. So the fact that we can't even roll out a competent midfield right now, we don't have our first choice striker is not even in the building after spending $200 million on consecutive transfer windows. I mean, it's pathetic. The team doesn't know what they're doing. You can't be a rebuilding team with a $450 million roster. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. The Yankees don't rebuild. And from that, I don't think Chelsea should be eyeing a full rebuild. You build the plane and you fix it as it's in the air, as you're competing for Champions League spots. That's what these top clubs do. So I don't, I don't get it. And with that, let's, let's move on before I start yelling and (laughs) throwing stuff, having a full on tantrum. All right, Bucks. So right now, the top four in the league, we have Arsenal, City, Newcastle, and Tottenham. So if Chelsea's going to have any chance to catch Tottenham, they're going to need to put some victories together. But what are your predictions for season's end for the top four Champions League slots? It's important to mention that many teams have played 14 games while others have played 15 games. So right now, Spurs and Man United, who sit four and five, have both played the full 15 games, whereas teams like Arsenal and City and Newcastle and Chelsea have all played only 14. So they have a game in hand, which is important. However, I think that when it comes down to it, it's going to be City get the W, they get the Premier League trophy, Arsenal in second, Newcastle fall to fourth, and I think Liverpool are going to come all the way back and end up in third place with a hard charge. I think they're going to add some reinforcements in the January window, and they're going to get some players healthy. Wow. So that's my prediction. City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle. Very interesting, Bucks. Yeah, I think for me, I also like the look of Liverpool. I think they can turn this around and make a run for the fourth slot. I think Newcastle is such a composed and structurally sound team that as long as Trips doesn't get a bad injury or a few of their other key players like a Bruno G don't get hurt, that they should continue to press forward and make some big signings possibly in the January window. So I like them to be top four. I think Spurs could fall out. I think Conte has run the team a bit ragged. They've pulled off some miraculous wins at the death in both Champions League and the Premier League, but they're not finding ways to score goals very easily. So unless Sun can really find his form in the second half, I see Tottenham falling out, and then I see Liverpool making the comeback and grabbing the fourth spot. Great shout. Let's go to the player of the season so far. You mentioned him just now. Kieran Trippier, I think, has to take that mantle. He came in at $5 million. And he has just shocked the world. He is the highest scoring defender at this point with 96 points. The next closest defender is at 74 points. So he's a full 22 points better than anyone else in his position. And it's just really impressive. Total masterclass from him. Yeah, I did not think there was going to be a player who was going to be more highly owned than Holland, but we could see Trips being that player given his starting evaluation of 5.0. Just looking at some of the key stats, which we love as FPL managers, he's first place with 121 crosses. 
He ranks first for 50 successful crosses. He ranks first for passes into the opponent's box with 177. And then he's second in total chances created with 32. Truly incredible work from him. And he's a big part of why Newcastle is just chugging along and destroying previous giants like Chelsea. Agreed. And he's getting timely subs too, which we love from an FPL perspective. He's <laughs> yeah, twice, he's, twice. Wow. He he's a must own. And I would say that's my one hesitation with believing in Newcastle long-term. I think they're slightly too reliant on Trippier and he's playing in the world cup. So he's going to log a lot of minutes before the end of the season. So I just think that there could be a wobble there if anything were to happen to him, but I hate to even bring that up because he's been such an exciting player to watch and he's a he's a darling of mine because he's been rooted in my FPL team since the opening game week of the season. So I absolutely love what he's performed. I love the way he's performed and the way he's played um, for my squad. Yeah, just want to shout out a few other players who make the top scoring 11 for this point in the FPL season. Pope was in goal. Obviously, the double-up has proved to be really impressive. Saliba and Gabriel both have over 70 points from defensive assets. Both have had a couple goals. They're helping Arsenal chug along as well. Midfielders, wow. Who would have guessed that Miggy Almiron would have 93 points and he would outscore KDB, Salah, and Trossard, who are the next three top-scoring midfielders. We missed that one in a big way. I'm glad I jumped on him for the last few game weeks and he's delivered points for me, but I think he's got to be a must-have in the second half of the season. Do you agree, Bucks? Agreed. And then to wrap it up, we have Holland up top. He's the top scorer all out with 123 points. Kane alongside him, 102, and Tony at 83. But again, Tony's going to need to be replaced in this unlimited transfer window uh, for most managers. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the World Cup and the unlimited transfers. Welcome back to the FPL Blues podcast. Bucks and I are now going to share a few PSA announcements for the World Cup wildcard break. So, First and foremost, just want to tell the audience and the FPL manage, managers in the community that this is not exactly technically a wild card. We do have unlimited transfers. So with that being said, one thing that is a differentiator in tiebreakers and overall rank at the end of the season will include the total number of transfers that you've made. So if Bucks and I are tied, but Bucks has used less transfers than me at the very end of the season, then he would have a higher overall rank than me. Again, this is very much for hardcore FPL managers, but when you have over 10 and a half million players playing the game, these tiebreakers will actually help decipher your final overall rank, most likely at the end of the season. So just wanted to note that out. Yeah, and it's even before total hits taken. So this is an important tiebreaker and you want to be mindful of that. So the reason that we bring that up is I think it's worth cautioning FPL managers to make some early transfers like you might've done to catch some price rises um, a couple days ago, and then really let it simmer. I would be tinkering, but not hitting the confirm button on any transfer moves. So you could put together squads that you like, 
and that fit into your price. But because prices are locked, you'll be able to afford that same team on Christmas Day that you will today on November 17th. So just word to the wise there, not to make 200 transfers. This is slightly different. This is a unique setup. Yeah, and as we approach the Boxing Day deadline, a great website to use is fpl.team. You just drop in your team ID into that, and you'll be able to tinker around, look at the upcoming fixtures, and plan your squad from there. So rather than making all the official moves and racking up official transfers, you can just tinker on fpl.team. So definitely feed your addiction that way if you need to. Next up, we want to caution to be patient with players that are in the World Cup right now. So when we come back on Boxing Day for Game Week 17, that's going to start the series of three game weeks in the course of nine days. So there's going to be serious rotation, especially for players who are going deep in this World Cup. So if you're an English If you're an England supporter and you expect the three Lions are going to have a deep run, then maybe Harry Kane is not the best pick for when we come back in game week 17, even though he has had a spectacular season thus far. Similarly, if you wanted to fade Trippier and you expect three Lions to go deep and him to play a ton of minutes, there will be no better time than in game week 17. And you could always jump back on if you have price built up in him later on in the season. So uh, these are some important things to remember. Same goes for players like Jao Cancelo on Portugal or players like KDB who plays for Belgium. However, notably, certain players are not going to the World Cup, so they're going to be fully fit and rested. That includes the Norwegian god himself, Erling freaking Holland is not going to the World Cup, which is a huge bummer for us fans of pure watch footy. But for FPL addicts like me and you, I hope he is resting up doing his physio in almost a bubble wrap situation because I just want him fully fit and ready to take on game week 17 with a vengeance. Yeah, same goes for Salah. He will not be in the World Cup. So a Salah and Holland two premium setup could be very popular. Again, we're going to have a lot more information as the quarters and semis and finals take place. And other people who are knocked out of the knockout stages early or are not making you know that part of the tournament, they'll have two or three weeks to recover. So there will be some popular FPL assets that will be just fine for game week 17. So just keep an eye on that as the time comes. Another thing I wanted to cover quickly was the yellow card situation. So we have some popular FPL assets across the community that are on four yellow cards. Typically, these get reset after a team has played 19 total games. So like Buck said before, a few of these teams have only played 14 or 15 of the first 16 game weeks because of the Queen's cancellation and then of the Arsenal and I believe um, City got uh, postponed as well. So with that being said, a few players want to note that all have four yellow cards, include Cher at Newcastle with four. Saliba also has four, and he has one less game played. So he's somebody that you could definitely fade. He's going to the World Cup with France. So I might actually stay away from him. And then you also have Kane, Mitrovic, and Jesus all on four yellows as well. So 
carries a bit of risk to have those players in your squad in game week 17, because if they get a yellow that week, they'll be suspended one game. So just something else to note in the intricacies and margins of this game. Yeah, but Sonny, uh, Cher's partner, doesn't have four yellow cards. Uh, that's Char, Fabian Char from Newcastle <laughs> for our uh, for our linguistic listeners. I'm sorry but- about that mistake. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Dad like that. jokes. You're not even a dad yet, but uh, you are you got the dad joke part locked up. Let's go to... You rub, you rub off on me after all these pods, Bucks. Oh, uh, that's fair. I I appreciate that. Nice, uh, nice, nice thing to say to your fellow podcast host. Let's get to the end of this episode. We just want to state that we are excited for the World Cup. However, we are going to take a pass on covering it in any great detail. We'll probably do a post or two on our social, which you can find at FPL Blues Podcast. However, we're not going to be podcasting or giving advice on how to set your teams up. Instead, we will have a preview pod ready to go well in advance of game week 17, because we are all about fantasy Premier League and supporting the league that we love and just taking joy from the World Cup, which is really what it's all about. Uh, This is a super exciting tournament every four years. And Let's keep it about the footy. We don't need to uh, dwell on the darker stories that are lingering around this tournament. Yeah, we'll definitely miss FPL, but the World Cup will fix us all right up when we watch these top international teams on the pitch. Everything else around the World Cup in Qatar will be very, very sad, actually. I think it's there's going to be a few moments where all of us as a humanity take a step back and really focus on the unfortunate events that have led to the corrupt FIFA organization putting the World Cup in Qatar. But hey, we're still going to support our favorite players. We're going to support the U.S. men's national team. And I can't wait for the day after Thanksgiving for England versus the United States with your friends and family. That's going to be a fantastic match to watch. So make sure to tune in and we appreciate you guys listening. Amen to that. Thank you to ladies and gentlemen that have been listening and engaging with us on this podcast. We really love you. We appreciate you. And yeah, we can't wait for FPL to come back. It'll be a great Christmas present to both of us and to our listeners when we get the pod up before game week 17. 